Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We're going to be in the epistle of Paul to the Colossians today, the third chapter. And we're going to be talking about how that you and I, as believers in Christ Jesus, are risen with Christ. Amen. Father, we bless you. We thank you today for your goodness, for your mercy. Father, for your steadfast love that never fails. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit who guides and directs us in the affairs of life. We thank you, Father, for the anointing that is upon your word today. And we give you thanks for it, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, praise God. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to be looking at the first four verses. And also we're going to be looking at the fact that uh, not only are we risen with Christ, we will be raised by Christ, and we'll see that as we go along. But first of all, we have to understand that, uh, and I think we all know this, that mankind is dead in trespasses and sins. Uh, we were born in sin, and unless there's a change in destiny, we're going to leave this world unprepared uh, for eternity. But now once a man is born again, and he becomes a child of God, and uh, he becomes a new creature or a new creation in Christ Jesus, this means his inward nature has become brand new. We become a brand new person inside. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. Hallelujah. So in lieu of the fact that we become a brand new person inside, uh, then uh, our life then is branded. And when I say branded, I'm talking about there's a seal or a mark upon our life. Praise God. And so in the end, we either go to be with Jesus by the grave or we go to be with Jesus through the rapture of the church. So uh, for us, uh, we're continually every victorious born again child of God. Uh, we are living our life, looking up, expecting his soon return. And that's really the next great event in the believer's life is the fact that uh, we're going to spend an eternity with Jesus. And so until that time comes, we are to live uh, the resurrected life. Amen. We've got all the blessings and all the benefits of being a child of God. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit uh, dwelling on the inside of us. We have become the temple of the living God, hallelujah, both individually as believers and corporately as the church of God. And so we live our life uh, in that stream. Amen. We used to uh, live our life in that uh, filthy stream called the world, the flesh and the devil. Uh, but we've been extricated from that. We're, we're no longer part of that. <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. We're, we're living in the pure river of life that flows uh, from the throne of God. Amen. And so uh, this is what uh, Paul is speaking of here in these four verses of Colossians chapter three. So we'll go through them. Uh, first of all, first one, uh, since then, you've been risen with Christ. Amen. Since you have been risen with Christ, we could say it this way. If then you were raised with Christ. Well, in virtue of the new birth, we know we are. Since we have been risen with Christ. Amen. Now, that's on the basis of our being born again. 
Uh, and what this means is that uh, being born again uh, means to us that the sinful man has been put to death. In other words, he has been deprived of power. That's very important. He has been deprived of power. Notice this. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. That's Romans chapter eight and verse 10. Notice how Paul describes that the body is dead. In other words, the body is deprived of its power over the individual. Amen. Now, there's an issue here, and we'll get into this a little bit in the future, that you still and I still have the passions of the flesh in us, but they do not overpower us. Why? Because uh, we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, and also the Word of God is alive in us. Before we were born again, the Word of God was dead in us, but now the Word of God is alive in us. Praise God. Amen. And so now the body is deprived of its power uh, to dominate us. But still, uh, we have to, through the action of our will, through the action of the word of God, and of course, the Holy Spirit uh, working in us, uh, we have to exercise authority over the passions of our flesh. And if we don't have our minds sufficiently renewed to the word of God to where we are intellectually actually looking to the word of God in every situation, in every circumstance, we automatically ask ourselves, what does the word of God have to say about this? Then a lot of times our carnal mind will side with our flesh and overrule our spirit. And we can't have that happen. That does not lead us uh, to a victorious life in Christ Jesus, but rather it leads us to uh, defeat. So we know that through the new birth, amen, the passions of the flesh uh, and and the, the nature of the flesh, or we could say it this way, the nature of sin has been deprived of its power. Amen. That doesn't mean we're never going to have problems with the devil again. Well, we are. <laughs> amen. As believers in Christ Jesus. Amen. We now have Jesus on the throne of our heart. Well, uh, the devil is is very jealous. You know, he, he wants to see he wants the throne in our life. But, you know, he can't have it because now Jesus uh, lives and reigns there. See, and that's our legal status. That's where we are legally. Legally, we are, amen, uh, everything that the Bible says that we are. But it has to become real to us. In other words, we have to appropriate it. When Paul said this, the body is dead because of sin, we, that, that has to become real to us. We have to acknowledge the fact, the reality of the fact that our body is dead because of sin. So now, as sinful men, we were dead to the things of God. But now as we're born again, amen, we're dead to the things of this world. And we should live that way. And of course, you know, following the Lord in water baptism, that should teach us because water baptism symbolizes death to sin when we go under the water. And we acknowledge by coming up out of the water, now we are symbolizing we have new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. And now his life is now our life. We are risen with Christ 
and we are in union with Christ. Now, that's a very important phrase, being found in union with Christ Jesus. Praise God. We are now in Christ, and Christ is now in us. There is a union, praise God, amen, between our life and the life of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus said it this way. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought of for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are ye not much better than they? See, now this is living above the carnal life. This is living the God life. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit or 18 inches, actually, to his stature? And why take your thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? So all of these things the world seeks after. We don't have to do that. Amen. God provides it. But it does require faith on our part. All right. Verse 31. Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things... Do the Gentiles seek? This is the central, amen, motivation of the, of the sinner's life. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That is the recourse of the born-again child of God. He stops seeking the things of the world, and now he begins to seek the things of the kingdom of God and of his righteousness. Amen. So Paul says this, <clears throat> Seek those things which are above. Since we've been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Hallelujah. Amen. See, our communion and our fellowship with Christ becomes and has become central to our life. We've acknowledged that without him, we are nothing and we have nothing. Because all of a sudden the world has lost its glow. It's lost its charm. Amen. We have the, the old things have passed away. Now the new things that they become new. Now we have a no a whole new perspective upon the future, upon our life. And we know now exactly where we're going to be. We are in the hands of God. We're in the hands of the Lord Jesus. Nobody can pluck us out of his hands. Old things are all passed away. Amen. All of those sins of the past, they only exist in our memory. Amen. But they are not they are, they are not alive. Amen. Praise God. They have put been put to death. The body has been destroyed because of sin. All of that life has been buried. Amen. And, and we're not going to dig them back up again. <laughs> Amen. We're, we're not going back to the idols that have been buried. We're not going to dig them up once again. Praise God. So now Christ, in virtue of the new birth, now that we have the Holy Spirit in us, now that we have received the Holy Spirit upon us 
for service. Now Christ is now the center of our life. It's like this. Christ is no longer the girl we date. Christ now has become the woman that we have married. Christ is no longer the job that we have. Christ has now become the career. Amen. Praise God. See, the things of heaven and of the kingdom of God become now of higher value than the things of this earth. And see, once again, we recognize this as our, our legal right standing in Christ Jesus. But now there's also the vital truth. Now, as Christ sits at the right hand of God in power and authority, so legally the church is also sitting at the right hand of God in authority. Praise God. Amen. But now it requires faith on our part, revelation and faith, the ability to walk by faith in the revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus to make that which is legal become a vital part of our life. We begin to exercise that authority in the name of Jesus over the world, the flesh and the devil. You and I, we, you know, we constantly have to deal with thought life. There are things that come into our mind that are not of God. They're not the word of God. And so we have to cast those thoughts down, bring them into the obedience of Christ. Amen. So we set our hearts on things that are above. Praise God. Notice what Paul says, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. That's where our authority is. That's where we are legally. We have been raised with Christ and we sit with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus at the right hand of God. That's Christ's place of authority. But that is also our place of authority in him. Praise God. We don't have authority in ourselves, but we do have authority in Christ. We don't have an anointing in ourselves, but we have an anointing in Christ Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we exercise that authority through prayer. We exercise that authority through the word of God. Our faith and our authority comes from Christ and his word. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, look at verse two. We talked about our spirit man in verse one. That's what we seek after with the inner man. We know Christ after our heart, after our inward man. But now listen to what else Paul says here in verse two. Set your mind on things above. Well, we've got to do something with our mind. Now we're born again. We have a brand new spirit. We're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Christ now has taken his throne in our heart. Amen. But now we didn't get a new mind when we got born again. There's something we're going to have to do with our mind. And notice what Paul says. He says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth or not on earthly things. So the mind is the center of our conscious our self-conscious, our feelings, our emotions. Amen. And so the mind, the will, and the emotions are all involved in, in, in this attitude of the mind. 
So we are to keep our minds centered upon heavenly things, not on earthly things. Brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service or which is our spiritual worship. We do that as a sacrifice. That's what sacrifice in the Old Testament taught us. It taught us about the worship of God, the acceptable worship of God. Well, presenting our bodies a living sacrifice every day is exactly that. It is a worship that we give to God. We give ourselves wholly to him. But now Paul said this, but be not conformed to this world. See, don't be molded and fashioned any longer according to this world, but be you transformed. There is a transformation that takes place in us, a radical change in our mind and in our will and in our emotions. Hallelujah. Uh, the, the, the more intimate we get, the more uh, we with passion, we run after Jesus, the things of God, the things of the word of God, uh, prayer, uh, the, the yielding to the Holy Spirit. Praise God. This is what forms within us a mind of Christ. Amen. A mind centered uh, worship and obedience to Christ. Because in our mind is, you know, exists our affections, our desires, our passions. You know, they should be, all of that should be centered around the things of God. Well, uh, many people, many Christians, they're thoroughly saved, but they've never really spent time renewing their minds. And so that's why most of their life is in defeat. You know, I like one statement that says, let heaven fill your thoughts. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. And another thought, don't spend time worrying about things down here. They'll take care of themselves. You know, we've we've entered into situations to where we didn't know what to do. And so we just said, no, we're not going to do anything. It'll just all work out. It will. Amen. We'll just put it in God's hands. God will work it out. And you know what? We put it in God's hands and God worked it out. So a mind, our mind is very important in communicating in our conversation of faith down here on this earth. You see, and we're not to mind earthly things. We're not to keep our affections, our mind, our affections, amen, on the things of this world, but we're to keep our affections uh, what things we desire, what things we love uh, concerning the kingdom of God. Not what the world seeks after, but what God desires us to have. And of course, all the things that the Gentiles trust, they'll all come to us in time. But Jesus said once again, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto us. You know, the truth of this is that we're dead to sin. In the same manner as a man and a woman uh, cease to be husband and wife through divorce. Well, there, there's a divorce. We have divorced ourselves from the world, the flesh, and the devil. The power of it, the power to dominate us. And now we've been married to another, praise God. See, uh, that old man is dead. Uh, there's a new man. Amen. There's a new marriage. We're married now to Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. And now Paul says this, for you are dead. Actually, we could have said it this way, for you died. Well, there was a spiritual death that took place when Christ came into our life. 
but there's new life also. There was a death, but there's also a birth, a rebirth. Born again from spiritual death to spiritual life. That old nature of death was put to death. Amen. We see that in the death and the death of the death of Christ. The death of death and the death of Christ. Amen. There's a life and a life and the resurrection of Christ. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So the old nature of death was put to death. We experienced the death of that when Christ came into our heart and life. Brand new. We became a brand new person inside. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then Paul says, this, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Amen. This speaks of the bride when she's placed through marriage under the authority of the husband. You see, her entire life now is intertwined with her husband. Doesn't mean she's a robot, but it does mean that they have become one through marriage. Well, we have become one with Christ through the new birth. So the totality and the full reality of our life in Christ is in him. He, he has become now our treasure. You know, just like a person's treasure is hidden away in a secret place where nobody, amen, can get to it. This is our life, see? There's a brand new treasure in life. Our life is hid with Christ and God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. We have found that secret place. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, what is that secret place that the psalmist talks about? Well, he talks about the secret place in God. We know it to be that secret place in Christ. Hallelujah. We've been taken up in him. Praise God. Hallelujah. We now are in his hands and no one can pluck us out of his hands. Hallelujah. And then Paul goes on and in verse four, he says this. And when Christ, who is our life, appears. Notice that when Christ, who is our life, appears. The Lord Jesus is our life. Nothing else in this life really matters in comparison to our life in Christ. Hallelujah. This life has been taken up in the life of Jesus. And we experience this full life, and it is a full life. Being in union with Christ Jesus is the full life. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then Paul goes on and says this in, in the end of verse four. He says, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then we also will appear with him in glory. And John said this. We do not know what we shall be, but we do know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Notice that we shall be like him. Amen. We shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Hallelujah. So. Our old life will be dissolved one day. Notice uh, Peter said this, he says, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought ye to be in all ho holy manner of living 
and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of the Lord. This is our situation. We are to be looking up, hastening for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And until that time, we are to present ourselves to Christ as a chaste virgin, virgin rather, chaste virgin, amen, like a, a, a woman, a bride-to-be would present herself to her husband. We have been made chaste virgins, praise God. Why? Because all that former life does not exist any longer. It's all been passed away. Old things are passed away, praise God. Amen. We are in a brand new life now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Christ now is our Lord and he is our Savior. Praise God. So in lieu of these four, four verses, there's four things that, that we need to say. Number one, we have a divine destiny. We have a divine destiny. We know Jesus, he came. Why did he come? Because heaven demanded it. And we know that hell couldn't stop it. Satan tried, but he couldn't do it. Amen. And way back there in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, God said the seed, seed of woman would come. Well, he came. And Jesus himself said this, for this reason, I was born. And for this purpose, I came into the world to testify to the truth. What did you receive when you received Jesus? What did we receive when we received Jesus? We received the truth. By receiving Christ as Savior, we receive the truth. We acknowledge the truth, that He is the truth, and we received Him the truth. And of course, the old golden text, one of the golden texts of the Bible is, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. If you're living in condemnation, I want you to know that's the flesh. That's not the spirit. That's your carnal mind. That's not the renewed, renewed mind in the word of God. So we have a divine destiny. Also, it has become a divine necessity. The cross was a necessity. Jesus went to the cross. That was his purpose. Amen. He was laid in a tomb, but in the third day he rose again. And that same thing happened to you and I. When we came to Christ, Jesus on the cross, God, the great exchange now, God saw you and I on the cross. He saw you and I in the grave. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he saw you and I. He acknowledged you and I, amen, as being raised from the dead. So there is a divine necessity. But number three, there's also the divine assurity. The resurrection of Christ was an assurity. Just as surely as Jesus died on the cross, that's how sure we are that he rose from the dead. How do we know that? Because he lives on the inside of us. Praise God. And John said this, but to as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So there is a divine assurity, but now there's also the divine finality. And that is Christ coming. Praise God. Now, if we go by way of the grave, we're going to be with Jesus. But now if Christ comes to rapture the church and we're still alive, we're going to go and be with him. Amen. We don't know. Amen. We'll be, but we will be just like he is. Praise God. That is divine finality. Praise God. Amen. Final in this life, but just the grand beginning in the life to come. Praise the Lord. Amen. So surely Christ has come. We know that because he lives on the inside of us. And just as surely as he came the first time, he's going to come the second time. So saints of God, we have nothing to be afraid of. We have nothing to, that is unsure, undecided in our life. It's this. We're in the hands of Jesus. Amen. And he's true and faithful. And he's going to carry us all the way to glory. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you don't know Jesus, if you're listening to this broadcast, you're standing outside of the covenant of God. It's time to humble yourself. Ask Christ to come into your heart and life. Receive him by faith. And God will honor your prayer. And he'll cause you to be born again. And then you too will be found in Christ Jesus when he comes. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Thank you, Father God, for this broadcast. Bear it into the hearts of each and every one within the sound of this voice. And we'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.